Money, power, respect, and sex. Sex? Yes, sex. Come get down and dirty with your girls, Lakes. And Lady On Just Got Laid. Brought to you by Crooks Media. Tune in with us every Thursday on all podcast platforms. I mean, what do you have to lose? You have to get in bed with us at least once. Beat us there. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we got another quick hits episode for you with a whole lot of headlines. Let's go. Another all new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thank you, as always, for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net, or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Carolina Sports Talk. You can be a part of the discussion on our Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks. We are excited, excited, excited to be back with you. As always, I got my main man and yours, DJ Highstar, with me. My dog, what's good? What's good? What's good, everyone? Scooby-Doo-Bop-Boop-Boo. How you been the last week? You know what I'm saying? I ain't seen you. ain't heard from you in a little minute. How you been? What's going on? Really? All right. Well, it's Skibbity-Beat, but... I've been good, man. I see what you tried to do there, man. I took yours and I combined it with the living single Scooby Bop Beep Boo. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, it's a remix. You know what I'm saying I'm not going to do exactly cat and going on. Exactly. All right. All right. <laughs> Dog, first of all, uh, for those of you who may not know, it is Conclave Week in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, we mentioned it last week that the bras were invaded, and man, oh, man, all across social media, all across. Um, just text message threads and just everywhere I'm looking, I'm hearing folks coming to Charlotte. Man, y'all don't bring yourself to Charlotte acting dumb because uh, I'm trying to tell you now, CMPD is not playing with y'all. They is locking y'all up. Y'all thought the, uh, that the beach police was acting up when uh, when y'all started trying to take over bike week. No, y'all come up here and think CMPD playing with y'all. You're going to jail. But right. uh, that being said, dog, you you uh, enjoying the festivities? You got any plans? Yeah, I mean, we'll probably get into something uh during the weekend or whatever like that uh about five years ago i would have probably cleared out the whole week and <laughs> already been drinking and stuff like that but um, ready. my cousin she told me that she had two cousins from florida and new york respect respectfully or respectively um female cousins mm-hmm. that that were like making their way to charlotte specifically for for the conclave. The clave, that's crazy to me. Just, I mean, but I that, guess, I guess. Listen, get out you live. But, dog, that's not like, that's not like not normal. That's not unheard of. Because, like, I, I literally know somebody coming down from Connecticut. I know somebody coming down from Boston. A f- couple of them's coming that's from not Tallahassee. That, no, 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 no. They're ladies. Women right. who are coming up to come and kick it with the cues. Like, TikTok is, like, buzzing with these women. Some of them telling telling the other women, y'all better stay away from them cues. Some of them telling them, girl, y'all better run to them cues. Right. Like either way, like it's 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 gonna be something to be, you know what I'm saying? Behold, if you would. So again, if y'all coming up to Charlotte, North Carolina for the conclave, or if you're already in Charlotte or wherever, y'all be safe out there because the police will lock you up. But um It'll be that'll just be a crazy story to tell your children, you know. How did you and <laughs> how'd you and mommy meet? You know? well, well, it was the clave in Charlotte back in twenty two. Twenty two clave. Now I will say this, and, and we'll move forward in some sports because it's Carolina sports talk. But like listening to the stories of the last time it was in Charlotte, it was in Charlotte in two thousand two. 
Uh, I wasn't a bruh yet. I was literally the year before I pledged. Um, I think you might have been in middle school at the time. But like, listen, no, no, no. I was at Fort Dorchester High School. Oh, put some respect on his age. I was a freshman. Okay, my bad. No, 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 not at all. Sophomore, rising junior, but continue. In O2? Continue with the shade, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I was at Clapham. 2004. Okay, okay. okay. Right. Hey, hands up, don't shoot, my bad. So, listening to the stories and how the bros literally shut 77 down back then now, you're saying, and bros is something completely different. Now. Well, I don't know which is worse, them or us, but either way, they, they did it big then in in twenty in 2002. So, for it to come 20 years later, um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. You know what I mean? I don't plan to be out and about like that. Cause even people at the job was talking about it, bro. So it's like, mm. I don't know if I need to be out there. Cause again, Charlotte Mecklenburg police will lock people up. But speaking of locking up, man, Russell Westbrook has locked up some more headlines. Um, bro, did you hear that he is now being linked to your New York Knicks? I did. There's a report out in case any of you guys missed it, that, um, the Knicks, if they trade for Donovan Mitchell, um, if they are able to go ahead and make that happen, which all signs and reports seem to be, uh, it's just an inevitude uh, or inevitability at this point um, that Donovan Mitchell does get to go back home to New York and join the New York Knicks, that they are interested in bringing Westbrook. Now, when I read it, when I read the headline, I was like, for what? <laughs> Why do they want it? But uh, as I did dug a little deeper, they're looking to bring him in more so to unload some of those contracts namely um oh, what's your boy's name that was with us in the first place we drafted him uh randall julius randall yeah yeah they're trying to unload that julius randall contract which in reciprocation westbrooks for randall and maybe one other uh, piece maybe evan fournier or somebody along those lines would it be able to work um and they're just going to end up cutting westbrook anyway so they're really just trying to use it as a salary dump I think it works out. I'm in favor of it because we get to unload him. Um, we get to bring Randall back. He, Although he's not um, necessarily at that peak all-star level that he was two years ago, he's more than serviceable, and I think it would be an upgrade uh, for several of the wings that we have right now. But um, I'd love to see him back in that purple and gold. And Evan Fournier even could, you know, come off the bench and get a little PT, get a little burn. So overall, I'm in favor of the trade myself. What It, it does hinge on, of course, Donovan Mitchell actually – being able to they being able to pull the trigger on that. But if they get Mitchell, what are your thoughts on dumping Westbrook and getting some of that contract out and um, building around Mitchell and then young nucleus that they'll have moving forward? I mean, you know, any any change at this point is good change. Uh, you know, the experiments and the the tests that we've tried these past few years haven't worked. Of course, like you mentioned, we had the Julius Randle year. Um, but I think um, to that point, there's a lot of players in the league that have had their opportunity to shine in the spotlight and be that number one guy. And while we see that, you know, they might be like a flash in the pan or, or have signs of greatness and stuff like that, there's nothing like joining a team, like say, for instance, the Lakers in this case, where you got the leader of all leaders um, there and 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 being able to be a role player in that system or or that organization versus having everything heaved on you or like mm-hmm. in last year how it worked out where you're fighting your ego is fighting with other players egos to say like no I'm the man no I'm the man no I'm the man no I'm the man so um doing that uh you know it, it looks good but also with the Donovan Mitchell situation I don't know how thirsty they are to make that happen. Leon Rose is a pretty good executive. And I I don't think that he wants to give up everything. And then on top of that, give up draft equity just to try to get a player like Donovan Mitchell. So it's not that they want to give up the minimal situation that they can, but it's a, it's always a negotiating game. You know, it's always a back and forth. And um, I think Utah is going to try to get everything that they can and I think New York is going to try not to give up everything that they can. I, and I just, and I know I hate to be hedgy Murphy, as you would say. Um, I like to trade for the trade purposes of why they're doing it. Um, again, and that's assuming that they get Donovan Mitchell. But one thing I thought about with their recent acquisition of Jalen Brunson uh, from the Mavs, 
when they brought him in, it was to be able to be the primary ball handler. It was the reason that he wasn't such uh, didn't wasn't able to live up to his potential in Dallas because with Luca, we we've talked about it several times on this show. Um, when the ball gets in Luca's hand as the primary ball handler, it slows down and it gets stuck like glue. Um, and he Jalen Brunson needs that ball in his hand to be able to be the primary guy to make the decisions and and to be a little bit electric. It's similar to the way that when Donovan Mitchell came into the league and was moved over to the point guard position, how he was able to flourish and come into his own. If you bring him into that situation in New York, not only does Jalen not become the primary, but now you got two guys who both want the ball. Um, We saw it in Boston where their two top guys had to go through a lot of growing pains to be able to play with one another. Is this a situation where you see Jalen and Brunson and Donovan Mitchell being able to coexist in a backcourt um, where both of them would want to be the primary ball handler and, and or decision maker? Uh, I mean, I see it being real rocky for that purpose and also for defensive purposes. Mm. They're both a little bit undersized. So the, the you know, bigger point guards that are coming into the league, um, again, it, it, it's, it's all hinging to me on, on what you give up. You got, big um guards on the team like Quigley um there's another big guard that we have as well but you know if if those guys go then then you have a defensive liability then in the backcourt so right. I, th- I think of course yeah you'll have conflict um in in Dallas especially in the postseason Jalen Brunson started to get a taste of um you know just being in that in that starting five and 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 you know being the guy, right? And then uh, when you go to a Donovan Mitchell, it's it's kind of like you pointed out, it's the Steph Curry effect where we're gonna move you from the two to the one. Um, so he's been used to that for so long, and not only is he ball heavy, but he's got the green light um, in Utah, and he's gonna bring the green light with him over there to New York. So <laughs> it's not you know, even gonna cut off or unplug. About, <laughs> Right. You think about all of that, combining that with a R.J. Barrett, uh, if they still keep him. I think he's. It, I, I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that any trade is going to include him. Oh, yeah. well, in that case, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Grimes is the other guard that I'm thinking about. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so you've got got a lot of personalities in the backcourt. Still got Derek Rose back there lingering. So there's going to be a lot of. uh a lot of guys that are guards that are going to want to touch the ball, pause. Hey, yo. Now, I will say this. Um, the report that I read, going back to our original Westbrook um, to the Knicks, that was one of the ones. Derrick Rose was one of the ones that they would look to include in a trade because um, I'm, I'm almost certain Utah's not going to want him. And they, knowing what they got for Rudy Gobert, they're going to want a lot of draft picks, and then that puts them in a position to be able to I guess try to finesse somebody into something. I don't know what Utah is doing right at this point, but they, they're going to want a King's ransom for him. And so it's likely going to include minimum of three picks and then maybe two to three players to try to get Donovan Mitchell. Unless the Knicks just like, yeah, now nah, we're good. Cause we're not going to one, not going to bid against ourselves, And two, we are going to do it all as picks anyway. So it'll be uh, interesting to see, but yeah, headed back to it. Derek Rose coming to LA I could see him giving some good minutes coming off the bench. Like I said, if we were able to get him, Julius Randle, and or Evan Fournier, all for uh, Westbrook. Oh man, come on, yo! Even though let me let me not put some respect on the man's name. I uh, recently on my personal social media posted a video of him dunking on somebody last season, and I was like, "Yo, can we get more of this?" And everybody was like, "Yeah, now nah, he won't be there." <laughs> not one person who responded and or commented felt like. Westbrook was going to be in LA. So um what tell us what you guys think. Weigh in on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at Carolinasportstalk.net, and let us know will Russell Westbrook be a Laker next year? And if not, where's he going? Um uh, speaking about folks going speaking about folks going places, uh LeBron returned, not no, not to Cleveland, but to the Drew League for the first time since 2011. Bro, what are your thoughts? Um, I know we, we we touched on this, uh, and we had literally had to halt the conversation offline a couple of days ago because you you were about to give me your opinion. I was like, nope, save it for the show because I got mine too. So, what are your thoughts on him uh, participating in the Drew League? Um, at this stage or whatever like that, and the age that he's at, he gained a lot of respect from me. Mm-hmm. 
something like uh, I wouldn't call it a bucket list item, but it's one of those things similar to to the dunk competition to where, you know, you. For those that don't know, Drew League is similar to the world famous Rucker Park on the East Coast. That that's mm-hmm. what kind of the Drew League is on the West Coast, but it's indoors, of course, at a gym. Um, relatively smaller gym. Is that a high school that they play at? No, um, I, I believe it's about the size league? of a high school, but I think it's like a right. rec league gym, and it is a pro am right. tournament also. So it's right, 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 right. And it's always a um, exciting play that goes on out there. You often have your players that are working out in LA that that's playing in it or, or natives of LA that's playing in it. So LeBron, he played on a team, same team as DeMar DeRozan. Yes, sir. Um, and yeah, I think he just, he just gained my respect, man, getting out there. And uh, I want to put this disclaimer out there before we talk any further about it, but it is the Drew League. It's the Drew League. So all of the hyper analytics that I've seen and people <laughs> over analyzing and dissecting his box score and things like that. It, at the end of the day, like you said, it's a pro-am tournament is, it's, it's a, it's a level above a, a rec league game or whatnot, but however, comma, just him getting out there. Um, you know, it, it, it showed me, it showed me that he was hungry to play after missing the playoffs. Uh, you know, now the Lakers missed the playoffs and you they, know, they, they missed the playoffs, but no, it, it showed me that Along he was with the ready to play. He was ready um, to, to get out there and, and, you know, do his thing. And listen, the shots, a lot of his little fadeaways and sidestep threes, the couple of sidestep threes that he made look good. But also what impressed me was his elevation, um, you know, just getting to the cup and finishing strong that, you know, he just he just earned a lot more respect from me with his performance. <sighs> On a regular show, this would definitely have been a big deal, no thing. And they would have been hearing, nah, that ain't no thing. Because this is to me, it's nothing. It's publicity, bro. Like knowing what it is, he went out there. First of all, LeBron James is one of the greatest athletes sports has ever seen. There's no, I'm, 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 not, I'm never going to disrespect him in regards to his athleticism, his um, endurance, and just the shape that he keeps himself in. He's used to playing basketball 10 months out of the year, whether it be through Olympics, FIBA tournaments, and or playing deep runs into the postseason every year. Bruh been bored sitting at the crib like for the last several years. And so he's like, yo, I think I'm going to go play at the, you know, at the Drew League. Bronny and them boys could have been at the house and his old lady been like, yo, what you doing? We need you to cut the grass. We need-. No, he's not cutting his own grass. We need you to do this and we want you to. Yeah, I'm going to play ball. I'm going to Drew League. That to me is what this feels like. Bruh was just at the crib bored. Um, his performance again at the end of the day, he is still a, one of the greatest athletes ever. Ten years after he it retires, he'll still be able to go out and play basketball at that level that he played here in the Drew League. I'm, I, don't, I don't have any doubt and or misconceptions about that. But considering one of the major stories that have has begun to come out afterwards, it just kind of makes me feel like I'm right even more. Um, did you happen to peep that um, the Drew League is, first of all, sponsored by Adidas? It's an Adidas tournament. Um, him and DeMar Rosen are both Nike athletes. Did you happen to see that they covered up the Adidas logo on their jerseys? Yeah. Yeah. As where all of their teammates noticeably had the little three stripes for it. They took and yo, yo, I'm sorry. I just got distracted. Like I'm, that's why you don't leave uh, (laughs) your browser up. It's some funeral where they're like, it's turned into a riot randomly. And I don't know what's going on. Anyway, um, back to the show. Uh, not only did they t- both tape the Adidas logos over their jerseys, they had on Nike stuff. Of course, they were in the Nikes, like the, the kicks. But LeBron had uh all black Nike like undergarment that very clearly showed the swoosh through the pinstripes of the jersey, and that's kind of turned into the biggest story of the whole thing. Um, and from a lot of people's perspective. Um, it gave a lot of folks flashbacks to LeBron, uh, LeBron to Mike back in the 92 Olympics, which similar situation, him being a Nike athlete. And I want to say Reebok was the sponsor at that point of the USA team. And he went in there draped in an American flag because he didn't want to have that logo um, 
have the pictures of them in that him in that logo. So what are your thoughts on the whole spectacle of I'm going to tape over your logo because I'm that loyal to to Nike? Uh, I mean, the man's just become a billionaire and he's got Nike probably to thank for about maybe 40 percent, if not like 35, 40 percent of it, if not more. So uh, it's, it's to me, it's par for the course. It's no big deal. And you're at that level. You do, you know, certain things and then, the, you know, those situations because they're so mindful of their likeness. They're so mindful of their image um, that, you know, any kind of Getty image that goes out there gets plastered all over social media with LeBron and and um, something that says Adidas on it. And it's, and it's just, out there forever. It's, its own story, of course. Right. Um, that, that, yeah, it's own, it's, it, it becomes its own story that ends up living on and on. So I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, like you alluded to when Mike did it, uh, it was discreet and those that knew, knew, but then, you know, once I, like somebody like me, once I find out, found out, um, what he was doing as far as with the flag and everything like that and, and why, then, you know, I just had no choice but to understand it. You know, he's, he's there, he's there. Mar- LeBron is their marquee guy. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. Um, the bigger or another story attached to the Drew League tournament had been um, the buzz about Kyrie possibly showing up, and um, of course he no think, showed. <laughs> right, and he uh, he ended up at a Mamba a Mamba camp, helping out one of his former assistant coaches uh, with with some girls basketball and stuff like that. So it was a a noble reason. And uh, he still got tore down, of course, in the media uh, regarding his no show and stuff like that. But um, that was, a, again, another another kind of storyline that was attached to it residually. Um, I think if he and I won't stay on this long because you asked me about the tape and everything. But I think if he had shown up, then, you know, the talks regarding the whole mm-hmm. Kyrie to L.A. thing would have been even louder and amplified than they already are. Absolutely. He went to a WNBA game and folks went nuts. So like, any yeah, I think it probably was for the best that he didn't pull up, um, especially considering the recent phone call verification that LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook had giving uh, affirmations to one another. They're, the three of them are bought in towards winning a championship next season. So we'll see. Like right. you said, uh, anything now, that, uh, go ahead. Right. Now, I was going to say, before we leave the Julie conversation, I will say with respect to LeBron, um, you know, Kobe still has the best Julie appearance um, out of everybody playing against the young James Harden playing against. uh, I think he played against DeMar DeRozan as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, um, knocking down the game winner um, and doing his thing, he to me has and the trash talk that he was making. or talking, he was like, you know, quoted as saying, "There's three. Repeat the list for me: Will, MJ, and me." You know, and kept saying that, and and it's just, you know, Kobe is in in a world of his own or whatnot. Uh, and yeah, yeah, rest in rest in power to the Black Mamba. Uh, but like I said, LeBron's performance was good, but it wasn't it wasn't Kobe's uh, Drew League performance. I will say that. Yeah, big facts. Shout out to the mama, like you said, man. We, dog. I ain't realized. And I'm saying, like, I ain't never been. I've been hurt, quote unquote, air quotes, by like, oh, a famous person died. That's sad. Man, that Kobe thing still got your boy's hair, boy. I'm not even gonna fake on it, man. But as we move forward, next up on our lineup for our quick hits episode today, the Carolina Panthers today have announced their quote dark side color rush uniforms. Uh, bro, did you get a chance to check out the video I posted? Yes. All right. And for those of you who may have missed it, because at the end of the day, you're a great co-host. Shout out to my dog, DJ Highstar, bro. <laughs> but for those of you who may have missed it, it's posted on Carolina Sports Talk on the Instagram page, uh, the Reels section. The Carolina Panthers have debuted not their uh, bright uh, Carolina Blueberry uniform that they played when we demolished uh, the uh, Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving a few years back on that Thursday night game in 2015. No, not that color, but what they call the dark side. Black, all black uniforms, which are by far a fan favorite um, of any of their combinations. 
They've got the all black pants, black socks, black cleats, black jerseys. But this year, for the first time, they are debuting an all black helmet. Um, I'm excited for it, and I'm really wanting to see exactly um, where they're able to go with this. Um, I think, first of all, what are your what are your thoughts on it? Before I kind of dive into how much I love it and why I love it, it's cool. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I guess it was Dion Primetime Sanders that said, mm-hmm. You look good, you play good. Mm-hmm. And, but it's cool. I'm, I'm waiting for the product still, waiting for the product uh, that, they, that they show up on the field with. But it's cool. I'm going to tell you what Atlanta Falcons are coming into Charlotte for Thursday night football on November the 10th. I will not only be there, I will be dressed in all black. And I can guarantee you, like, Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and drop you with one, bro. If I can get my bank to work. It's hot. It's hot. Hot takes. Yeah, Trey, that is him. All right, so here's the hot take. I guarantee, I don't care if at that point we are undefeated or fully defeated, the Carolina Panthers will win the Thursday night matchup against the Atlanta Falcons dressed in the all black. You can book it. Here's why. The defense, they already got a chip on their shoulder, and the way that them boys play is very emotional. Any boost that they receive whatsoever, they play lights out. If you think about it, the first three games when we had rookie, well, he was a rookie at the time, um, our first-round draft pick playing, um, he was out there balling, and 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 they just they just had a, another level that they were playing. When Cam Newton came back in that game in uh, in Arizona, they had a chip and they had a, something to say. At that point, Arizona was seven and two. They were excuse me seven and one. They were balling, and our defense stepped up. Cam wasn't the reason we won that game. Our defense playing with a chip was the reason that we won that game. The photos, all of the reports, all the interviews have come from these defensive guys who are saying this allows them to tap into the, what they call their dark side. Thieves Ave is serious. And them boys, when they put that all black on, the mental edge will be exclusively with them and we will win that game. There's no doubt in my mind about it. I'm willing to bet. The car salesman is back. I'm willing to bet two. No, no, no. That's just, this is just confidence. This ain't even about a salesman. There is no, there's no way you can tell me Unless they, unless we're not healthy, that's the only thing I see. But if our players are playing, if the bodies are in those uniforms, we're gonna be, we're gonna win that game. You can book it Thursday, November the tenth, twenty twenty two, Bank of America Stadium. Win. I don't know if y'all have seen um, Chris Brown and Drake video. No guidance. It's an older song, of course, <laughs> but during like the little uh break in the video they have kind of a dance off and a dance battle mm, and um mm, drake is <laughs> yeah drake is drake is seen going ooh that's exactly what i'm doing right now because <laughs> we're talking about the falcons here ooh like let's talk about the saints or the bucks if we're going to talk about some some division uh foes and things like that but i got you man i i, I you know you I'm glad that you have something to be excited about once again, whenever it comes to the Panthers and Hey man, I'm not going to be one to rain on your parade. Go ahead. Get as excited as you can, bro. I I won't even say anything negating any of that or, or contrary to anything that you're saying, because again, playing the Falcons, it very well might be true. And then we're, we're playing them in bank of America on that Thursday. Yes, sir. Exactly. So it's not far, far fetched. It's a very lukewarm take, but <laughs> lukewarm take is what. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it is what it is. We're gonna we're gonna see the power, the mystical power of these uniforms, if you will. Mm-hmm. Oh, Listen, a uniform has a lot of power. I hear what you're saying, and so much so that um, as we move forward, Aaron Rodgers has a receiver who's wearing a different uniform now. As we mentioned previously, Devontae Adams is no longer a Packer out there in Raider land in Las Vegas. But as a result, fantasy football, the powers that be over at ESPN, 
no longer have him ranked as a QB one without Devontae Adams. So along those lines, bro, what matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to just throw back to the regular show. Big deal or no thing <laughs> that they say Aaron Rodgers is no longer a quarterback one without Devontae. Uh, Adams. I'll go a big deal. Okay. Okay. I'm, okay. I wasn't expecting that from you. Why you say that? Cause it, it, I mean, it goes to support, uh, what you were saying uh, with regards to his forecasted performance this season, um, you know, is right is right in alignment with that. There's a lot of people that's counting him out, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and uh, and we shall see. You know, uh, it if it's if it's a year that that he's overlooked, we shall see by you know week eight, week seven, week eight, where where he's at with everything performance wise and if he's being talked about in that upper echelon of, of quarterbacks and things like that um, and see where he has his team at overall. So, and I know it can't happen. What? No, I know it can't happen, but either way, if week six, the green Bay Packers is just like trash and they one in five. What, could you see a scenario where Carolina Panthers make a trade to trade for Aaron Rodgers? No. <laughs> no. So if, nah. if they said, if you're the Green Bay Packers and the Panthers call and said, listen, we'll give you Sam Darnold. We'll give you Brian Burns. We'll give you Christian McCaffrey and three first round picks, two first round picks because Aaron Rodgers is out of contract at the end of the year and two first round picks for Aaron Rodgers. You pulling the trigger? If you're the Packers? Uh, no, really? no, nah, he's out of nah, there at the end yeah. of the year now, so they it's not like they like got anything that they're going to miss with them if they're one and five at that point, six games in. I mean, you're selling a mini SUV or a sedan right now. You just asked me, I mean, you, you asked me my opinion. I, I, it's, it's to me, it's uh. Uh, I hope I hope it doesn't reverberate across all sports, but it's kind of the Rudy Gobert, Kevin Durant effect where these teams are going to start getting greedy. And uh, Mm. no, uh, I don't see two first round draft picks and stuff. Now, granted, they still have um, what's your boy that's sitting behind him? Jordan. Love. uh, Yeah, Jordan Love. So they can kind of have something to look forward to with him. But no, I don't I don't see it. See, I if, if 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 the Panthers call and I'm Green Bay, I am yes, yes. Send the paperwork now. Don't hang up. Don't even don't disconnect the line. Don't pass go. I, I'm taking it now because at the end of the day, it's they they know Aaron Rodgers is gone next year. Whether he retires, whether he just leaves, because at the end of, when they restructured, he's done and his contract is over. To be able to get yeah, now granted they don't want Sam Darnold, but to be able to pair a, in a backfield. Um, uh, what's the other Aaron? Aaron Jones and Christian McCaffrey, and you get a Brian Burns for your defense and some draft. Oh man, I'm taking that every now. I hope the Panthers wouldn't be that dumb. Now, if they want to be like, "Yo, we'll give you," because uh, we won't be able to trade Baker yet. But if they say, "Hey, we'll give you Darnold, Christian McCaffrey, and one to two first round picks," I'm good with that. I'm good, especially to get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers in oh I'm absolutely good with that because him coupled with who we have on the offensive line oh man we we're, we're an instant threat in the NFC instantly so it's just is a uh, big cliff I hear you man it's, it's, it's just it's, it's subject, just it's subjective at best because you're you're speaking about first of all we got too many ifs in there where's the bottle at because somebody needs to start drinking because we got too many ifs in there but secondly you're answering from Green Bay side mm-hmm. and immediately jumping back as a Panther fan to say, oh, we Gucci, we Gucci then. Of course. The trade makes sense for both sides. It just sounds very subjective coming from you right now. How, but how does it not the make sense? Thing. Because they get, to get, they get to get assets, quality assets, in exchange for a quarterback that they're not keeping. Now, if Aaron Rodgers was under contract for – 
three years or, or, or even two years, then I could absolutely see in Green Bay like, yeah, nah, y'all good. Musk is going to give me like 27 draft picks because that's Aaron Rodgers. But he's gone. He's up out of there. You feel me? And so, like, at the end of the day, they're getting assets for, for uh, a quality quarterback that they're not going to keep. And for Carolina, they have habitually made been just grasping at straws, making terrible decisions at the quarterback position. There is no, oh, the, the Darnold thing didn't work out. I'm not a fan of this Baker Mayfield thing, but for what they paid for it, eh, it is what it is. He's an upgrade from where we are. It is what it is. Again, now you're talking about getting a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the best who ever has played at the position, and bringing him with that offensive line and with the skill position players that we have, and with this defense, even without a Brian Burns, that defense is still stout. Now that 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 just makes too much sense uh, from many 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 different angles to me. So your look on your face it's because it's <laughs> again where we're where we're playing fantasy GM, and it, it, while it's fun, I don't like. I'm just, in all seriousness, I don't like getting my hopes up for uh, okay. things that we can think about. Uh, because then when you it know, don't happen, now you're mad and let down. I've done, yeah, I've done it too long with the Knicks. Whenever, like, in years past, whenever any free agent or trade talk comes, <laughs> because the Knicks is a big market and the market that it is, people are like, oh, KD might come to New York or whoever might come. To you just, you know, you get excited of the thought and the prospects of it. It is great. If it's mapped out that way, I will give, I'll be the first person to give you your flowers, bro. I'll buy you an Aaron Rodgers jersey. You heard it here first. Okay? <laughs> but I and I don't want to sound grinchy, but I'm just saying, uh, all right. That's cool, bro, but you have to unload, you know, a lot more to me. Uh not even a lot more, but it'll probably be another skill player or two on the offense and uh and then another pick, but uh you know, that that's just me that's just me throwing Throwing straws or whatever the, the saying is. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Bro, what are you talking about, man? Now, so here's the thing. For your fandom, I can respect that. I'm not even going to be upset with you. We're doing a whole show right now, bro. Like, it's our job to speculate. In the, <laughs> it's your listen, it's your job to be fantasy GM. <laughs> it's my job to be reality Ricky. Reality Ricky. <laughs> bring everything, bring the gravity back to the situation on some... Bruh, you're the same guy who felt that Jimmy Garoppolo was about to come to Carolina. I did. You were about to give up your whole fanhood form. So let's all just and granted it's a great it's a great idea. It's a great dialogue and discourse for us to have if and if ifs were a fifth. This guy here. We'd be feeling I. And if they weren't, we wouldn't have a job. But <laughs> speaking of having a job. Uh, it's my job now to let you guys know about Great Marketing Solutions. GreatMarketingSolutions.net is the official partner of Carolina Sports Talk for all of your social media needs and now for all of your T-shirt needs as well. Uh, they've got an amazing T-shirt store that is recently dropped and or will recently be dropping, upcoming soon, be dropping. It's coming, y'all. Is what's happening. Uh, if you've got custom T-shirts, if you are looking for just some clever T-shirts, hit up GreatMarketingSolutions.net. Check them out. See what they've got on their site. And I promise you will not be disappointed. Again, greatmarketingsolutions.net, including the Great Marketing Solutions t-shirt store. So got a couple more. Tell them DJ Highstar sent you. Bing bong. Matter of fact, tell them DJ Highstar sent you and or Big Cliff. And uh, we we can see if they can't give you a little discount, a little something, a little TT off, you know. So we got one more topic before we slide up out of here today. We're going to give you guys a short episode. Gigi Jackson, um, by many accounts, the number one player in the class of 2023, but ESPN, for whatever reason, has them as number six. I'm starting to be suspect of their rankings, but none, neither here nor there. Gigi Jackson has become the first recruit to decommit from North Carolina since 2003. First of all, a little flashback. Do you remember who the player was that decommitted in 2003? No. J.R. Smith. Oddly mm. enough, he had um, committed to them, signed a letter of intent to go and play ball there. But was like, and yeah, nah, I'm going to go straight to this league. So Gigi, in fact, is the first in the common recruiting era to do so, to, to decommit from 
Tar Heels. Uh, so if you guys are not familiar with him, uh, he is a guard. Excuse me. He's a senior from Columbia, South Carolina, who has recent was recently committed to North Carolina after a visit up there. They took the pictures and had him in a jersey and the whole nine. Um, and and by some a lot of different reports out there, I'm, I'm got to be real careful to say what I heard because a lot of it I heard from inside sources, and I ain't trying to you know rag up my sources, but there there are rumblings and 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 it's public knowledge that University of South Carolina was one of the schools that was recruiting him uh, when they fired their coach Frank Thomas, um, or oh, excuse me Frank Martin Frank Thomas. Frank Martin, uh, a few months ago, that's when he was kind of leaning towards the Tar Heels, and that's where he ultimately committed. But um, I saw a lot of reports saying that the, the, the Gamecocks are kind of back in the running to be able to get him to uh, join up there in Columbia. There are some folks saying he wants to stay home, some other folks saying that um, the Gamecocks, he, he just, it's, it's an attractive look for him to want to win with the hometown team. So all that being said and done, uh what are your thoughts on, first of all, on Gigi kind of being that guy who decommitted um, from, from the Tar Heels? And then where do you think he'll end up? Uh, big statement, big move by him. Um, yeah, just overall, I can remember back in that uh, invitational or that, that um, exhibition tournament that, that you commentated where, you know, he, he was one of the highlights and in, in, um, the standouts. But um as far as his landing spot, and I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, or just go ahead and bleep this out. But doesn't does he not have like family ties to the school as well? Mm, I'm not sure, and I won't bleep it I, I since we're think, not going to confirm it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and uh, you know, I think that he does. Um, I didn't get it from any source or anything like that, uh, okay. inside source or anything like that, but. For some reason, I want to say that he's got uh, some family ties. And again, it would be a little bit more than staying home for him. It'll be kind of a legacy thing. So um, it it makes sense. Uh, Let's just applaud or let's let's just hope that he stays within the Carolinas, whether it's north or south. GG, stay on here in the Carolinas, brother. (laughs) Except for what if he wants to go and play in the G League? Then what? Ain't no more locators. I mean, right? No, I mean, if if that's the case, then get your get your money, young man. But uh, if if you're gonna go ahead and matriculate at a college, you know, hey, just stay just stay in the in the in the uh, in the in the Carolinas, man. You trying to send them to state to go play ball out there for their new coach? State. No, uh, no, now if Gigi want to. I'm telling you, if he want to shock the world, now he can come on play in the CIAA. Come on over to Claflin. You know what I'm talking about? That, that, that'd be a good look. And it, like you oh. said, it would shock the world. Yes, sir. Uh, Claflin's had big names in the past who haven't been able to get their grades right and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, um, yeah, I just want to see him. I want to see the young fella do well. He's a good guy. Good, and, good guy. Uh, good kid. And, uh, you know, at this age that they're at, the type of decisions that they're making and the type of um, the type of pomp and circumstance that they get for the decisions that they make, a lot of times is, I'll just say, just plain unfair. Absolutely. Um, Can you imagine being 18 and having to make a decision on the rest of your life? Right. It's the environment that we built up. I can recall uh, being in high school and um, them, I don't I believe, you know, it, it'll be like on the 11 o'clock news where they would spotlight signing day and start making a, a thing out of it. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just the culture that we built up. It's plenty, plenty more work to be done. Like you said, your, your ranking is so fragile nowadays. Mm-hmm. It can go up and down just like that. So um, kudos to the young man, man. And I just hope like, you know, sometimes these kids just want to play basketball. So right. it might be more of a, a basketball uh, decision for him to where he might have seen himself, perhaps whether it was redshirted or, or being on the bench, not getting a lot of playing time the first year. Uh, he might have forecasted himself getting a better opportunity at a different place. 
my thing is this, and, and, and I, I thought back to my statement about making decisions at 18. Ultimately, a lot of us do that. Um, you think about, oh, well, am I going to the military? Am I going to college? Am I going to work? Around that time is when you're making some decisions that ultimately kind of alter and or dictate the path that your life begins on. Um, the biggest difference for him is, like you said, the systematic things that are going on around him with everybody trying to get a piece of them, with all of these adults trying to influence his decisions based on what they want either for him and or from him. Um, my only hopes is that because he is a good kid, he's a good guy just in, in the brief time that we interviewed him as well as just in talking with him and, and knowing the folks around him and stuff. He's a good kid. I hope that whatever he does, he's allowed to develop and continue to grow as a basketball player and as a young man. That's that's my only hope for him. Like, of course, as a Tar Heel fan, I was excited to see him in that Carolina blue. But being from the South, I mean, if he pull up to South Carolina, of course, I'm excited for that. If he goes to play one year uh, professional uh, or semi-professional with the D League or what is it, G League now and then go into the league, whatever he decides to do. I just want to see him continue to develop. He's got the physical tools. He's got the mental tools necessary. I think the experience is going to be key for him to continue to to grow and be the poten- and reach the potential that he has to be able to be. Um, I look at a player like Ja Morant. When Ja came out of um, high school, he had offers from some of the bigger schools, but he went exactly where he needed to go to be able to grow and spend a, spend those three years as a college player, learning defense, being being gritty getting that chip on his shoulder to really making him who he is today. Had he gone to uh, a Tar Heels or if he had gone to one of the, like UNLV, I think was another one that was looking into him and offered him. Had he gone there, he might not have had the same trajectory. There's a young man whose name, um, oh, he escapes me. He was from South Carolina and was back and forth between South Carolina and North Carolina and went to North Carolina and rolled the bench for the first two years and then transferred and he ended up coming down here. But by that point, seventh. Seventh Woods, thank you. And he was he's never been the same. Seventh had all of the potential in the world to be amazing. And now where is he at this point? I literally don't even have a clue where he was or where he mm-hmm. is. Um and so and, and there's um for every one story of a jaw who went the right way and, and, and the fit was right, there's probably six or seven of those guys who went into a situation that wasn't ideal for them. The expectations may have been a bit too much. The weight could have been a little too heavy and and, and and it just not work out. And so ultimately yeah. I want to see Gigi who is a good kid. I want to see him win. I want to see him succeed. And so wherever he decides, I, I think it'll be the best for him. Yeah. It's tough, especially when you have organizations with prestige, like your UNC's, your Dukes of the world, Michigan, Michigan state, different places. Um, you have the dichotomy of every, all your life coming up, whether it's AAU or high school, you're told to go out there and kill, be the man, go out there, do your thing, kind of to be selfish to a certain extent and really show what you got to prove who you are. And at that college level, a lot of these organizations and a lot of these systems, as we put it, they're set up to where you've got to fit in. And if you could thrive where you fit in at and maybe stand out as a team player, then you can get that praise of you know and get that um just just get that you know that that spotlight on you if if you're able if it's just got to be um a perfect storm right in other words um but a lot of times where you see players falter and stuff like that when they get to the college level uh is that that four minutes of playing time that five minutes of playing time that they do get they try Mm -hmm. to do everything in the world to prove themselves and to prove that they should be on the basketball court where it's, um, you know, in a lot of situations in a lot of systems, it's a waiting game or it's a, it's a, it's just not their time at that moment. Um, I can remember the guy coming out of New York, um, Isaiah Washington, I want to say he was famous for the jelly a couple years ago, probably around 2014 or 2015, all the had all of the young kids doing a jelly layup. A little finger roll um, Mm -hmm. where you kind of kiss it with English off of the backboard versus Duncan. And um, he was world he was world renowned for it. It was right before NIL started. And he had a huge following on social media and everything. Um, Goes to college, you know, and the the minutes that he played, 
he had a couple huge games, maybe like one or two, but then end up transferring like his his junior or senior year to help out his grandmother and he transferred closer to home. But um it you know, again, it panned out to where you the the uh opportunities that you get on the floor, you're trying to make the most of them versus trying to help the team win. And those are two different things a lot of times. Um where you can't you can't marry the two you're gonna add it you got to choose one or the other you know what i mean absolutely absolutely and i think <sighs> the decisions are too much um but it, it's not gonna change when there's as much money out there that's being made off of these kids the decisions aren't going to change i did a little research seventh woods is still actually playing college basketball um, last year and this year, he is a member of the uh, Morgan State Bears, Bears basketball team. Yeah, shout out Baltimore. Yeah, he's up there at Morgan State. So uh, he is a senior. This will be his last year upcoming. We'll see what the next steps for him. But again, it, it's a lot going on. Well, bro, I'm not gonna hold you. We appreciate you. Anything you want to holler at people before we get out of here, man? Uh, like I said, the cues are coming. The cues are coming. Uh, uh, the cues are coming. So I think that's how the chant goes. The cues are coming. The cues are coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rue. So again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, if you are coming to Charlotte, North Carolina, don't come with that foolishness, because CMPD will lock you up. They coming. As he goes for the soundboard. <laughs> First of all, you ain't got to tell everybody what's going on with, with you know what I'm saying because I am very much not able to. I don't know what's going on with these buttons today. Um, but yeah, no, they're not working. And you know what? As a matter of fact, I don't even need no outro music. It's your man, Big Cliff. Once again, thank you for tuning in to Carolina Sports Talk. <laughs> do, 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 do. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Please stop because you're making it worse. No. Um, this is off the rails at this point. So, yo, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Next time, hit us up on your favorite podcast app or tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff, and we out. And y'all really not getting no music. <laughs>